I'm going to encourage you today as we jump into this sermon. It might be difficult for you. It might be a hard subject, uh, but it's going to be good for you. And I believe that God wants you to hear this message. And I've been praying for you in preparation for this message. Today, I'm going to talk about forgiveness. So the title of this message is Have Faith, Be Free, Forgive. Forgiveness is how you find freedom. It is not always easy to give it, is it? But it's so important that we learn how to do it. Now, the reason we have to do it is because people hurt us. People wrong us at times. And maybe you have been wronged. Maybe there has been a point in your past when someone hurt you legitimately. It was wrong. It was evil. What they did was unexcusable. Maybe someone that you thought you could trust betrayed your trust and abandoned you. Maybe a boss treated you unfairly and hurt your family financially. Maybe a friend stabbed you in the back even though you thought it wouldn't be possible. Maybe someone you thought you could trust, a person of safety and security, abused you and hurt you. They stole something from you, and you don't know how to let go of that and move forward. Every single person in this room who is breathing has hurts and wounds from past offenses. This message is for you. You have to learn how to forgive. And then maybe you are someone who has hurt someone, you crossed a line, you betrayed someone's trust, you did something and you're ashamed of it, you're embarrassed, maybe you've never even told anyone, but you can't get past that guilt, you can't move through that, that shame and go forward and you still wrestle with finding forgiveness. Maybe you're here and you need a second chance because you did something and you think it's unforgivable. You need to understand God's forgiveness. In the Bible, the New Testament was written in Greek, and the meaning of the word forgive, the etymology of that word, it communicates the idea of leaving it behind. To forgive is to let go. The actual meaning of the word, to forgive is to erase a debt. Let me ask you this, who owes you? When you think about this subject, who comes to your mind, that person owes me. They wronged me. They have hurt me. God wants you to learn how to forgive. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six as he was teaching his disciples how to pray. He gets to this big section on forgiveness. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then after teaching them to pray, Jesus felt that forgiveness was so important that he added this little, uh, this little clause, this little, sub, this little teaching on forgiveness. He said this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Isn't that probably one of the scariest verses in the entire Bible? To think that Jesus taught us to pray this way. Just think about this, right? We're, we're praying, God, I'm asking you to forgive me just like I forgive other people. You're saying to God, God, treat me better than I deserve the same way that I treat other people better than they deserve. You're asking God, erase my debt as I continuously erase the debt of other people against me. That's scary. And then Jesus said this thing that might keep you up at night when you're going to bed. If you really think about it, God will not forgive your debts if you don't forgive other people of their debts. That's incredible. That's a huge thing. And, and it's serious. And so we're going to talk about it because it is possible to live in forgiveness. In Matthew 5, verse 7, Jesus was giving this, this uh, sermon about how to be happy, how to be blessed. And he talks about a lot of things that will affect your attitude. And this is what he said. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. How many of you want mercy today? Blessed are the pure in heart. And I want to focus on that word pure. The pure in heart, for they will see God. I want to see God. How about you? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So I think it's really interesting that passage said, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Make sure that verse goes back up on the screen. Blessed are the pure in heart, right? And here's what's so important about being pure. The word pure 
comes from the Greek word katharos. And it's where we get our word today, English word catheter or cathartic. Uh, the word catheter comes from that word. Um, there are, in medicine, there are cathartic drugs, cathartic drugs, and you might call them laxatives. <laughs> this word pure, it basically means that you get rid of stuff that doesn't need to be there. You release things that should not be there. You relieve the pressure from things that have built up that will hurt you, okay? Blessed are the pure in heart, the pure in heart. See, God knows that we have to have a system for getting junk out of our heart. Think about an engine, right, an engine. You put fuel into the engine, it creates power, and then there's an exhaust system that gets junk out of the engine. If you clog up the exhaust, eventually the engine will explode. Think about how you get air into your lungs. You breathe air in, but then you have to exhale air out. If you refuse to exhale, you will die. Think about your body, right? You have energy because you take food into your system and it gives you energy. And then your body expels the waste. This happens on a regular basis. For your sake, I hope it's regular. Many of you would not think to praise God for being regular, but when you're not, you will, right? You'll start praying, Lord, give me relief, right? There are people who have like cancer in the intestines or people who have sicknesses that, that cause them to get to where they cannot have a movement, right? And expel waste and see it's uncomfortable. Eventually it causes pain, causes you to be bloated, and, and then you'll become really sick. Eventually you'll become septic and it will hurt you significantly. See, in the same way, as we interact with each other, we take in the benefit of fellowship because you're a blessing to one another. We take in the benefit of each other's giftings. Together we can do more than I can do on my own. You have giftings that I don't have. We need each other. You benefit me. But in the process of being with you, we will offend one another. We will hurt one another because we are sinners, aren't we? Like, I don't know about you, but I am. I do. I sin sometimes, right? And even when you don't mean to, you'll hurt people, won't you? How many of you have someone say to you, you really hurt my feelings? You don't even know what you did to that person. Like, I don't even know you, right? And, and somehow you offended them. See, God knew that you needed a system. You needed a way to purge the poison from your heart. Your soul needed a way to get the waste out of your system. And that process that God designed is forgiveness. Forgiveness gets your heart to where it can be pure, to where it's not blocked up, to where the lifeblood of God's blessing can flow into your life. The reason that some of you are spiritually sick and exhausted and tired and cranky is because you have not learned how to forgive other people. You need to expel that waste from your soul. And God wants to help you do it. In Luke 17, verse 1, Jesus is talking. It says, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, then that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. In other words, think about this. Pay attention. Make sure you do this. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And here's what the apostle said. Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. This is really interesting. Jesus says, offenses are coming. It is impossible for you to be never offended. Just ask anyone who's married, right? <laughs> you can't avoid it. If you're with people, you will be offended, 
Some of you live in a fantasy world looking for people who will never offend you. That's why some of y'all had 10 boyfriends already. But you get rid of everyone, you kick him to the curb, and then you cry when he's gone, right? That's why some of you are 30 years old, but you've had 10 churches. Because you're looking for a church where you won't be offended. Maybe because you watched your parents bounce from church to church to church to church to church, and everywhere they went, they were talking about how mad they were over the last church, right? And so you learned to do that. And some of you are teaching your kids right now to do that. Because you're hoping and pleading and trying to find a place where there will be no offense, where no one will ever do anything wrong to you. That place does not exist. Jesus said, it is impossible that offenses will not come. And as he said this, he was leaving his hometown of Galilee. He was crossing uh, by Samaria to the Jerusalem is where they were heading, which is kind of just another interesting little tidbit because the Samaritans were incredibly offensive to the Jews. And you were talking about prejudice. Those Jews were prejudiced against the Samaritans. They did not like them. And so I just imagine in my mind, Jesus teaching his disciples about offenses, pointing over his shoulder at the Samaritans, at Samaria, maybe back in the distance. Guys, it's impossible that offenses will not come. They will. But you got to know how to forgive. You've got to learn how important it is for you, for your spiritual health, to be able to forgive. Some of you are blocked up, spiritually constipated, because you have not learned how to give forgiveness. We need to know how. We need to know what is at stake if we don't forgive. Unforgiveness keeps your heart blocked up, and it prevents the lifeblood of God's blessing from flowing through your family and through your relationships. You can't even enjoy relationships with people today because of what someone did to you in the past. It's because you haven't learned how to forgive. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're angry. Some of you are angry, and you know it. Maybe you hide it well, but you're angry. You know angry people. And it's not a sin to be angry. God gave us our emotions, including the emotion of anger. God actually gets angry sometimes. Anger can be useful. It can be helpful, right? Anger gives you the power to take flight or to fight. Anger gives you the, the, the gumption to stand up against what is wrong and protect the weak and innocent. Anger is helpful, but it's kind of like fire. You cannot hold on to it for long or else it will hurt you. And that's why this is what Ephesians 4.26 says. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. It's not wrong to be angry, but if you hold on to anger, this is what the word of God says. You give the devil a foothold in your life. Think about this. You're a Christian. You're saved. You love Jesus. You've been born again. But when you hold on to anger, what that means is you give demonic forces access to influence the atmosphere of your family. Some of you, your marriages, this is great marriage advice here, are falling apart because you have not learned to forgive one another and you're holding on to offense. When you stand at the altar with your spouse and you make a commitment to love that person for better or worse, what you're saying, what underlines that whole conversation is, I commit myself to forgive you for the rest of our lives. We're just going to be forgiveness partners, skipping through life. I forgive you. 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 And that's how you're going to make it till death does part you by forgiving one another. If you would learn to forgive your spouse quickly and not hold on to anger, your marriage would just go up level upon level upon level and you would be blessed. But if you hold on to anger, it creates a poisonous atmosphere and nothing healthy can live in a poisonous atmosphere. Some of you grew up in, in homes with poisonous atmospheres because there was a father figure who was angry and abusive with his words or with his hands. And you saw how that creates a poisonous atmosphere. And if you don't learn how to forgive, you will recreate that atmosphere in your home today. You've got to learn how to let it go, how to forgive. One reason that we struggle to forgive is because we believe it's our burden to right the wrongs of the world. And that's the reason that some of you have a hard time forgiving is because you want to get even. You want justice. I understand that. I love justice. I want to I get even. I want to I right the wrong. I want to vanquish the enemy. But in order to forgive, you have to learn that it's not your responsibility to right the wrongs of the world. 
And Jesus told us this. He said in this passage, woe to him through whom they come, these offenses. Just repeat after me. Say, woe. In other words, he's saying this. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. He says, it'd be better for you to drown yourself in the sea than to offend, to hurt one of these little ones. And this was not a sermon about being nice to children. In the society, children were like the lowest rung of the ladder. It was like the family pet and your kids. They were viewed as disposable and expendable largely. You know, it's like, hey, that one's lost. I'll just make another one. And like our society today is very different. We idolize our children and make them into little gods. That's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> so what Jesus was saying, not just watch out if you offend God's anointed, but if you offend the street sweeper in the kingdom of God, oh, woe to you. God is in heaven. The same way that you feel defensive over your kids, our father, God, sits in heaven and he says, you better not mess with my babies. I will drown you. I will drown you in the ocean. You might just want to go drown yourself, right? God has your back, and you need to know that God will fight your battles. God will protect your reputation. God will restore what was taken from you. You don't have to defend yourself. That is good preaching. You can give God praise. That means you don't have to carry that burden of righting the wrong. So when someone hurts you, you can let it go because, woe, woe to you, right? You better find Jesus or else woe to you, right? What if you decided to let it go? I just want to ask you this right up front. What if you just decided to forgive? What if you decided to live in a continual state of forgiveness? You would be so much happier, you would have a happier marriage. You would live a happier life. You wouldn't have to walk around constantly angry about all the things that are wrong with the world. You wouldn't be so critical if you learned to forgive each other. We need to, we need to know how to forgive. If we get rid of the pain and the, and the blockage in our heart, we'll start to see God bring new life into our spirit in a way that you can't even imagine. That's what God wants for you, is to let it go, to clear it out, to be pure in your heart. Being pure in your heart, remember, it doesn't mean that you don't think about bad things. It doesn't mean that you struggle with bad thoughts. Maybe that's what you thought that means. What it means is that you get the junk out of your heart. You let it go. You purge it from your system. And here's what Jesus said. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. I mean, that's tough. That seems tough to us, right? You think about someone breaking into your house five times and stealing your stuff, six times and taking stuff, seven times he smacks you in the face and takes your stuff, and each time he comes back, sorry. And Jesus says, you should forgive him. And that's why the disciples were like, oh God, increase our faith. <laughs> because in the Jewish culture, it was considered incredibly righteous to forgive someone three times. They thought, like, if you forgave someone three times, I mean, you are a rock star with God. And here's Jesus saying to forgive seven times. And in the Bible, seven represents the idea of completion and perfection. And so he's saying, really, you should live in a perpetual state of forgiveness towards other people. Why? Why do we have to perpetually forgive other people? God knows that you need to forgive unrelentingly because people are relentlessly offensive. And as long as you're around people, they will hurt you. They will offend you. But he knows in order to stay healthy, you've got to let that junk go. You've got to expel that waste from your soul and be healthy. When you stop forgiving, that's the same point when you'll stop loving other people. When you stop forgiving other people, that is the same point that you'll stop feeling forgiven. Because you cannot understand forgiveness and the forgiveness of God if you don't give forgiveness to other people. And so the people who often struggle to feel forgiven, it's really they're struggling to give forgiveness. And you can, it is possible to struggle to forgive yourself and, re and release yourself from the burden of what you did. And some of you wanna beat yourself up again and again, even though God has already forgiven you. 
and released you from that debt. And I just want you to know, you don't have a right to beat yourself up over what God has already beaten Jesus for. God knows you need to walk in continual forgiveness so that you can experience continuous health in your soul. So many people say, I want to forgive, but I, I don't know if I can. How do I forgive? And I want you to know, this is the secret to forgiveness. You forgive by faith. Forgiveness is a matter of faith. It takes faith to receive forgiveness, and it takes, in the same way, faith to give forgiveness. That's why the apostle said to the Lord in verse five, increase our faith. And so the Lord said this, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. So you read that and maybe as a Christian, you wonder why a tree? Because if you've been around church for a little while, maybe you remember there was another passage where Jesus was talking about having faith and saying, move to a mountain and the mountain will move. That seems impressive. It's not easy to move a mountain, even today with dynamite and big tools, right? Moving a mountain is no small thing. But in Jesus' day, even with a hacksaw, you could cut down a tree and move it out of the way. So what was he talking about? Why this example, if you have faith like a mustard seed, not even a lot of faith, just a little bit of faith, you can say to this tree, move, and it will be pulled up by the roots. See, that's the key. A tree has roots, a tree has roots that go down deep into the ground. And you might see the fruit on the surface, but the roots are down in the ground. See, I, I see the fruits of unforgiveness. They're not that hard to miss, right? You see the anger that comes out of people. You see the jealousy that comes out of people. You go driving by your ex's house in a new car just to show him you got you a new car, right? You post with your new girlfriend on Facebook so your old girlfriend will know, I'm better off without you. I see the fruit, but beneath the ground, there are roots, roots that go down deep. And these roots will corrupt your soul, Jesus says. But if you have faith, faith to forgive, the root of bitterness will be supernaturally pulled up from your spirit and cast away. And we're warned about how dangerous this root is again in scripture. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says, work at living in peace with everyone Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. See, our, our spirit subconsciously, we want to get the pain out of our hearts. We want to get the offense out. But without God, we can't do it. We try. We try to subconsciously reject it and get it out, but it comes out in a destructive manner in the same way that you couldn't get roots out of the ground without completely destroying the landscape. So it comes out in a destructive manner. You lash out at other people. You become critical. You cannot have healthy relationships today because you're still punishing the people in your life today for what someone else did to you. That's what happens. But if you have faith and allow God to supernaturally take the root of bitterness out of your heart, you'll find yourself whole and healthy in a way that you could have never been on your own. That's why God wants us to understand forgiveness we have to understand it and we have to do it. It's for our sake. When we have that faith to forgive, it's possible because God helps us to do what we could not do in our own strength. In Matthew 18, Jesus told a parable about forgiveness. And in this parable, there was a king and this man owed him a great deal of money, so much money, it could never be paid back in a hundred lifetimes. In our minds today, it'd be billions and billions of dollars. And this king called his debts in, but the man came before him and he begged and he pleaded for mercy. He said, I'll pay you back. And it's like, you could never pay him back, right? You owe too much. The guy begged for mercy, he pleaded, and the king said, I'm going to erase your debt. And, and that's just unthinkable, right? To forgive a debt of, of millions and billions of dollars. And I'm sure as Jesus told that story, the crowd would have gasped. <gasps> like, I can't believe it. he's going to forgive his debts. But then in the parable, the guy who had just been forgiven this great debt, he goes out and he finds someone who owes him a small amount of money, chump change compared to what he had owed. And he grabs that guy by the throat and he demands payment. And he has the guy who owes him money thrown in prison in labor camp to work off the debt. And you know the crowd would have gasped at that too. 
And then in the story that Jesus tells, the king finds out, he pulls the guy back on the carpet and says, what is the matter with you? In fact, the king in the parable says, you wicked and evil servant. How could you not forgive that guy's debt when I forgave you of so much? And this is another parable where Jesus reiterates the idea that if you refuse to forgive others, God will refuse to forgive you. It's so serious. It's, so, it's such an intense, I need some help. I need some help here. It's such an intense thing. It's such a heavy thing. And when we do this, you think about that parable, right? The guy, he, he grabs him by the throat. He has this guy thrown into prison, this debtor. It's, it's a terrible thing to think about. Nobody would ever do that, but we do that. We do that. When we don't forgive people, what it's like is, is we decide we're going to get even. And so what we do is we essentially imprison that person. And we, we chain them up and we, we hold them captive. And maybe right now you're like, I don't hold anyone captive. I don't got anyone chained up in my basement. <laughs> and it's like, well, you don't physically, but you do it in your heart. In your heart, you beat that person up again and again. And in your heart, you have that person held captive as your prisoner. And if, if we could see into some of your lives, the prisoners in your heart who you're refusing to forgive... Some of you be dragging a whole village around behind you. And see, the problem is that every new relationship that you go into, every new church you go to, every new job you start, you're carrying and you're dragging the burden of your past. You're bringing the pain of your past, what someone else did to you. That baggage, that wound, you're dragging it along behind you. That's why you're so tired. That's why you're so exhausted, because you're weighed down by the burden of what's been done to you. You don't have the freedom that God wants you to have. See, I, you think that you've got this guy in chains, but really you're the one who's a prisoner. You can't be free. See, God can't take you where he wants you to go if you're dragging around, if you're weighed down by the burden of your past. He can't lift you up where he wants you to go. You can't soar on wings of eagles if you're weighed down by your past, flapping around on the ground like a chicken. God wants you to know you cannot fulfill your destiny when you spend all your energy reliving your history. You cannot receive his blessing when your hands are already full of the burden from your past. And that is why God wants you to know, be free, let go, forgive. Let that person go so that you can go free. You say to that person, hey, no offense. Even if you're crazy, I'm going to go on and be free. Bye, Felicia. Thank you. I love you, Brendan. He is a great guy. We have I love that. So often the noose you're carrying around to hang someone else is the noose that ends up hanging you. If you learn to forgive, if you learn to be free, you start to experience God's blessing in your heart. But you can't even you can't even enjoy the blessing that God has given you when all of your focus is on what someone else did to you. Some of you don't even enjoy all the good things in your life because you spend all your time thinking about the bad things that other people have done to you. And that's why God wants you to be free. He wants you to be healthy. When you learn how to forgive, you'll start to find that joy comes back into your spirit again. It's the secret to being happy, learning how to forgive. And I just need you to know that this is a struggle for me. I'm not preaching this sermon to you. I'm preaching it to myself as well. I need to, I need to know how to do See, this is, this is probably, I'm just going to be real for a minute. Like This is probably my greatest struggle as a pastor. It's not figuring out what to preach. It's not making leadership decisions for the church. It's living in forgiveness. Because God didn't tell me. He didn't warn me when he called me to be a pastor. I wish he had, but if he had, I would have ran away like, like Jonah. And God would have had to swallow me in a fish, and it would have been a whole other thing. But... I didn't know when I became a pastor what it was going to be like, you know? Like, there's not a lot of roles like that where people continuously come into your life and then they let you down, where people come into your life and then they criticize you unfairly, where people judge your heart and they ascribe motives to your actions that aren't, that aren't right. It's hard. People say, hey, I can, you can trust me, and then, and then they betray you. I'm not saying this to, to, to feel bad, you know, say if you feel bad for me, but I just want you to know, like, I'm in this with you. It's hard, and God wanted me to know, and I, I'm 
praying. I'm praying that God helps me. If you want to pray for me, you can pray for this. I want to live in a continual state of forgiveness. I want to live in a continual state of letting go, right? Because if I don't forgive other people, my heart will be blocked up. And I won't be able to hear from God. I won't be able to communicate God's love and mercy to you if I don't give God's mercy to other people. That's why you may have seen on YouTube those angry preachers that are yelling at people and condemning because they haven't learned how to let go and how to forgive. They don't understand mercy. See, I'm praying by God's grace to get to a place where you cannot offend me. That's what I want. I want to be like a duck where it just rolls off my back. You know, you're going to be like, Pastor Ryan, she said she doesn't like your sermon today. I'd be like, I don't really like it either, right? Like, that's fine. Pastor Ryan, that family is leaving the church. Cool, we got more seats for whoever wants to be here. Pastor Ryan, those people are talking bad about you on the internet. That's okay, because God showed me how to put waste in the spiritual toilet and let it go. I'm good, right? And that allows me to love the way that God wants us to love. That's what God wants for all of us. I'm praying for us to get to that point. You you know people like that? Like, have you met people like that where they're just so forgiving? It's almost frustrating. Like, how did you get to be like this? You're so forgiving. You You just let it go. Like, nothing really bothers you. Do you smoke a lot of weed or what? Like, like, how do you do that? And and the thing is, a lot of times people do drugs to numb the pain of their past. But God gave us a spiritual antidote to the pain that we incur from people, and that is forgiveness. It removes the pain from our heart. You don't have to numb it because God took it away when you trusted him to help you forgive. And so I'm going to explain how. I'm not going to just tell you to to forgive because you know that you need to forgive. But the problem is people don't know how to forgive. How do I do this? So I'm going to give you some keys. You can write these down if you're taking notes. This is important. Forgiveness is not a a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision. That's the first thing I want you to know. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. You often struggle to forgive because you don't feel like forgiving. Well, yeah, you've been hurt. And that's why you have to understand how important this is. It's not going to be something that you feel like doing, especially in the moment. It's something you have to decide to do. You have to make an intellectual choice to do what you do not feel like doing in your heart. And it's good for you. And it works. Here's what Jesus said. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. It would obey you. See, that's important. God wants us to know that when you forgive other people, what you're doing is controlling your emotions rather than letting your emotions control you. As you direct your spirit to forgive by choice, what will happen is that eventually the emotions in your heart will follow that direction and obey your decision to forgive. You will change the way you feel when you decide to forgive. And it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to choose to do it. And it might start out like this. I just want to be able to forgive. I don't even know if I can, but God... I need your help. I want to forgive. When you decide to forgive, you won't feel like forgiving, right? But it's a decision. You can decide to do it or you can allow the root of bitterness to stay wrapped around your soul, choking out your heart and taking away your joy. And just like in life, the root of a tree can build up and it can displace sidewalks. It can corrupt a foundation. If you allow the root of bitterness to stay in your heart, it will grow and it will grow and it will rip you apart from the inside out. It's a decision. And that's why you have to sometimes just decide. It's just a decision. I have decided to choose forgiveness. It's a decision. I have decided to find forgiveness. I have decided to give forgiveness. No turning back. No turning back. I'm just going to do it. 
It's a decision. Here's the second key. Don't mistake forgiveness for healing. These are two different things. Forgiveness is a decision. Healing is a process. Many people think, I have not forgiven. The truth is, if you've decided to forgive, then you've forgiven. You just haven't healed yet. Healing takes time. God can supernaturally heal your soul in an instant, but oftentimes it will take time. It's a process. And you'll have to remind yourself, no, 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 I decided to forgive. I will choose to forgive, and God is still healing me. He's still healing me. Sometimes wounds are so deep. Someone did something to you. Someone hurts you, and the wound is so deep that you're still healing from it, but you can still choose to forgive. You see that person's picture pop up on social media, and you get angry again because you're still healing, and that's when you remind yourself, no, 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 I'm not going to go back. I choose to forgive. You say, though I'm still healing, I'm moving forward. Though I'm still healing, I'm letting go now. Though I'm still healing, I chose forgiveness. No turning back. I'm not going back. I want to forgive. And I know that God's going to heal my heart over time. I'm going to be able to get through this. Don't mistake forgiveness for healing. Some relationships can't be healed. There will be some people who hurt you or did something and you cannot restore that relationship. There's some people you're not gonna bring your kids back into that household because it's dangerous, because that person is abusive. There's some people you're not gonna go back into a business relationship with them because they already showed you you can't trust them. There are some people you say, I cannot be with you, but I am still going to forgive you. It's not for you, it's for me right? It's for yourself. And that's the next thing I want you to understand. Forgiveness is the gift you give yourself. There's a reason it's called forgiveness. It's a gift and it's a gift you give yourself. God gives you the gift of forgiveness. You can give other people the gift of forgiveness, but anytime you forgive, you always give yourself the gift of forgiveness. And it's hard, right? Some people say, well, I can't forgive because he never asked. Well, listen, I'm not gonna give you that much power over my life. I'm not gonna let my happiness be on hold waiting for you to come to your senses and ask for forgiveness. I'm gonna release the chains so that I can be free. I'm gonna choose to forgive you. Whether or not you ever ask, I forgive you. And if you ask, that's great. It's fun, it's helpful, it's so nice. I hope it's good to ask. It's good to ask for forgiveness. We should all ask one another for forgiveness. But even if there is never a request, you wanna give that forgiveness for you. It's the gift you give yourself. You say, well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. You're right, they don't deserve to be forgiven. But you didn't deserve to be forgiven. It's not a matter of what they deserve, it's a matter of what you deserve. And anytime you struggle to forgive someone, it's helpful to remind yourself, I didn't deserve anything, and yet God forgave me. We didn't deserve to be forgiven, but let me explain this. You do deserve peace. Even if they don't deserve forgiveness, you deserve peace. Why? Because Jesus gave his life to purchase that peace for you. It belongs to you. It is owed to you. You give forgiveness so that you can have the peace that God has given you. He wants you to enjoy it. Give the gift of forgiveness to yourself. Here's the last thing. Forgiveness requires faith. It is a matter of faith, and that's not just a spiritual answer. It is a supernatural miracle to forgive someone. You cannot truly do it in your own strength. It requires divine strength. God had to give the life of his son. The blood of Jesus had to be shed to break the bondage of sin. Forgiveness requires supernatural intervention. And so you need faith in order to experience the miracle of forgiveness. It's hard. It is hard. And that's why the disciples said, increase our faith during this conversation about forgiveness. That's not by accident. You need faith. And so here's how you do it. You say, God, I need your help. I'm asking you to help me 
forgive. And then you have faith that God will help you. You may need to ask God to help you again and again. It might take some time, but you have to believe. You have to believe that God will help you. You have to believe that he will right the wrongs, that he will fight your battles, that he will protect your reputation, that he will set it back the way that it should be, that he will restore what was lost. You have faith and you believe. You trust him. You trust his promises. You believe it's possible. You believe he can do it, that supernaturally he can pull that root of bitterness out of your heart and he can replace it with his love where there was just a void. You believe, you trust him that God, he will bring good out of the evil that was done to me. Oh, you say, no, 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 no. There's no way that that good could come out of this evil. It's true. God says it in his word that he works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. He said, all things are worked together for the good of those who love him. If that's you, if you love God, that means everything, all things will be worked together for good. It's possible, and you have to believe it. This happened with a guy in the Bible. He was beat up. He was sold into slavery. He was kidnapped and taken to a foreign land. He was imprisoned because he was falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit. I mean, this should have been one bitter dude. In prison, he made friends, and then those friends betrayed his trust. But see, God had a plan for Joseph. God lifted him up out of the prison cell and made him the second in command of all of Egypt. God took the pain of what happened to him and he transformed it and he used it to prepare Joseph for his purpose. And then there was a day when Joseph's brothers stood before him, the same family members who betrayed his trust and sold him into slavery. The same way that many of you were hurt by family members. The closer you are to me, the more it hurts when you wrong me. That's why it's so hard to forgive family. That's why your family makes you more angry than anyone else in the past. That's why some of you say, man, I love my kids, but I want to kill them because they're family and they make you so angry. Here's Joseph. He's standing over his brothers. He's got all the power. The tables have turned. The same brothers who wronged him, and they were scared. They were worried. They were afraid of what he was going to do. It actually records this in the Bible in Genesis 50. They said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? Good question. I'd be worried about the same thing. But did Joseph have bitterness in his heart? He probably had wounds. He had scars, but if he had been a bitter person, he could have never been used by God the way that God intended. And so Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. God worked through him to save the lives of many people. God gave Joseph, the one who had been wronged, the vision to prevent people from perishing when the famine came. Through Joseph's forgiveness, he was able to bless the family that hurt him, the family that came to Egypt because they needed something to eat. Through Joseph's forgiveness, the people of God were preserved. They did not perish in the famine. Through the people of God, these Israelites living, you think about this, right? The Israelites, they went on, they lived, they survived. God brought them out of Egypt. Through that people, the tribe of Judah existed. Through the tribe of Judah, Jesus was born. Through Jesus, God brings forgiveness to humanity and saves the lives of all who call upon his name. Through the forgiveness of Joseph, Jesus came and brought salvation to the earth. He said, God brought this together for good so that the lives of many people could be saved. We have to trust. It takes faith. I have to believe that God can get the junk out of my heart. I have to trust God that as I inhale grace, he's going to help me to exhale grace to other people. So maybe you need to give forgiveness today. God will help you to do that if you just have a little bit of faith a tiny little junior varsity league version of faith, then God can bring forgiveness in your heart. 
And maybe you need to receive forgiveness today. Maybe you're the one who's feeling the guilt because you crossed the line. You, you betrayed someone's trust. You abused someone in the past. Maybe you were addicted to something and your whole family suffered for it. Maybe you cheated on your spouse and you carry that guilt because you know it tore your family apart. You need to know that you can receive the forgiveness that is made available to you through Jesus. It is possible, but you listen. You receive it by faith. You believe that God is able to forgive you. You believe that when he says, I have forgiven you, he means I forgive you. You believe with faith that Jesus paid the price for the sins you committed and that God raised him again from the grave. You believe it takes faith. Now, some people, they say, I just can't believe it. I can't believe that God would actually forgive me. I can't accept his grace. I can't receive that grace. I don't believe you, pastor. And I'll just tell you, I'm going to encourage you by rebuking you and correcting you. The reason you can't receive God's forgiveness is because you have an inflated sense of self-importance. You think that what you did is more significant than what Jesus has done. You falsely believe that your actions are a bigger deal than the sacrifice of Jesus You think my sins are so great that God can't forgive me. No, no, no. The Bible says there are no sins that are so great that the blood of Jesus cannot cover them and wash them away. You can be forgiven. Listen, you're not important enough to be unforgivable. It's just the truth. But you are important enough that God decided that he would give his son so that you could be forgiven. So you have to believe, you have to have faith that God He will forgive you. On the cross, one of the last things that Jesus said was in Greek, tetelestai, which literally means the debt is paid. We translate it in English, it is finished. You either believe what Jesus said or you don't. You either receive the gift of forgiveness or you reject it. It's up to you. It's your choice. I say receive it. Live in freedom. Be forgiven. Go free. Let it go. Walk forward in the grace that God gives. As you receive forgiveness, it enables you to give forgiveness. You will never be uh, in a place where you feel forgiven by God until you learn how to forgive other people. You will not receive God's forgiveness fully until you're able to give it away. You have to learn how to give it away in order to receive it and appreciate it. That's why it's so important. This is why Jesus talked about it so much again and again. He knew that we had to learn how to forgive others the way that he's forgiven us. Do you believe that? Let's stand to our feet. As we close this message, I wanna take a moment and we're gonna pray together. And so maybe you're here and you would say, I need God's help to forgive someone. And I pray that God brought that person to your mind during this message, that you thought of that person. It could be your child. It could be a neighbor. It could be a boss, a coworker. It could be someone from your past. And God brought you to, the, to them to your mind. Maybe someone you haven't even thought about. This isn't one of those things where you try to imagine a problem so that you have something to respond to. No, we often, we carry unforgiveness so deep in our heart that we don't even realize where that pain comes from. And God will remind us because he so desperately wants us to be free. And so I'm going to encourage you in this, and and we're going to do this. If you know you need God's help to forgive someone, I just want you to to kind of raise your hands at at the side like this. Just lift your hands up before God and just say this. Say, God, I need your help to forgive. I want to be free. Help me to forgive. I have faith that although I couldn't do it on my own, you make it possible to give forgiveness. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that as those names come to mind, as those faces appear before us, the people who hurt us, the people that wounded us, I pray that you would bring forgiveness to our hearts right now in a supernatural way, God. That the people in this room who want to forgive would be set free from the bondage of unforgiveness. That we would be able to drop those chains, to let it go, 
and to move forward in the freedom of Jesus. God, bring healing in this place. Bring restoration in this place. Allow us to live the free life that you have given us, God. I thank you in advance, Lord, that you are setting people free right now. You're breaking the chains of bondage, Jesus. God, we are free. You have set us free, and we're free indeed. And we can proclaim that in Jesus' name. We receive that in Jesus' name. God, we want to be forgiven, and we want to give forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. And just release that. Just release that person in your heart. You might not even feel like doing it right now. That, that's so true. Forgiveness is not a feeling, though. It's a decision. That means so many times when you give forgiveness, you won't feel like you gave forgiveness. But it's a decision. You just keep deciding. God, I want to forgive. And listen, let me, I just feel like led to say this right now. You cannot forgive God. You can be angry at God the way that a child is foolishly angry at his parents. You might be angry about something in your life, but do not be angry at God. That's misplaced anger. God only loves you. He only wants what is good for you. You cannot forgive him because he's never done anything wrong to you. And so what you have to do is if you feel anger in your heart towards God, you repent of that and say, God, I know that you're good. I love you and I trust you that you're in control. Whatever I'm going through, I know it's not your fault that you love me and you're gonna bring good out of this. And you believe that with faith, with faith. The same way that we foolishly get mad at our parents, but they keep on loving us, God keeps on loving us even when we get mad at him because he's a forgiving God. So right now, maybe you're right here in this moment and you know you want to receive the forgiveness of God. Maybe you aren't struggling to give forgiveness. Maybe you are, but maybe you're saying, hey, I wanna be forgiven. And the Bible says you can be forgiven by calling out on the name of the Lord and accepting the fact that Jesus paid the debt for your sins on the cross. If you'll believe that, and if you'll believe that he rose again, then the Bible says you will be saved. You will be forgiven. You'll be washed spiritually white as snow before God, and your name will be eternally written in the book of life. So you can be forgiven, and that's something that we should all experience so let's just bow our head again one more time. Let's close our eyes. And between you and God, if you say, I want to be forgiven, I want to be free from my sins, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer in response to that faith in your heart. Just say, God, I know that I've sinned and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sins and that he came back. He brought, he brought life back. He, he was raised to life again. And, and God, the same way that you resurrected him, you're going to bring life back into my soul supernaturally. Lord, I thank you that you continue to love me even though I didn't deserve it. And so I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I want to receive and live in your forgiveness as I forgive other people. I believe that you can help me to do it. I will receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus, I want to celebrate with you. And I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up in a second here. First, though, if you just prayed and asked God to help you give forgiveness, just raise your hand right now. Just say, that's me. I need God's help to forgive. Everybody needs help with this. We all need help with this. Okay, okay that's awesome. Put your hands down. If you just prayed and asked God to give you forgiveness... And to forgive your sins, maybe for the first time, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up. On the count of three, one, God loves you. Get ready to shoot it up. Two, you are forgiven. It is finished. Three, if you just accepted the forgiveness that comes through Jesus, great. That's so awesome, you guys. It's so good. Praise God. Listen, we're going to worship right now. We're going to take a moment to reflect. And you don't have to race out to get out of the parking lot. But this is a process. Forgiveness and healing is a process. So as we sing, just let God continue to work in your heart. Let him continue to do this work of healing and un unleash forgiveness in your soul. So we're going to sing and we're going to give God the glory that he deserves. And he's going to continue to work the miracle of forgiveness in our hearts. We thank you, God.